Welcome to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. In episode 20, I speak with Azima Azmi, aka Muscle Cat. We dive into how she got started in her movement journey and how by honoring her mental and emotional needs, this helped her come home into her physical body and bring more play into all areas of her life as well as the lives of others. We are live. Welcome, Azima, to the podcast. Hi, Courtney. What's <laughs> up, people? Thank you for being on. I am excited to dive deeper into your journey, your movement journey today, and just what got you to be where you are today in your um, coaching career and your own like athletic uh, endeavors, I guess we'll call it. So, um. Yeah, I, I think we met a little over a year ago. I want to say I found you on Instagram through GMB Fitness. You were mm-hmm. like promoted on their page. And I was like, ooh, she like you were into <laughs> movement and stuff, which I was really into. And then you were into like mindfulness and like had that deeper uh, outlook on movement. And I was like, OK, yeah. I vibe with that. I need to I need to follow along. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess let's start. Like, when when did you really get into, were you an athlete your whole life or did you like start a certain sport in high school or? No, I was actually the timid, quiet kid, really. I was never really, um, I had tried to, you know, and in Singapore, our system is a little bit different. We go through primary school, secondary school. So when I was in primary school, I did, um, I joined like track and field for a little bit, but like um, there's this story where it was like the sports meet or whatever. And then I did this 300 meter race and I came like second last. Okay. <laughs> I was like proud of myself like Aww. dude at least I wasn't like last but then like one of my mom's friends was like why were you jogging and I was like well, I was I was running I was like the I could. so I stopped because I was like I'm not doing this anymore it's embarrassing um, so I like kind of like stayed away from anything like super active and even though I didn't I did like to um do sports and play with my brothers and shit like that but like um kind of shied away from like competitive things uh Uh. or sports for a little bit um until um until I think I was like maybe 17 18 um also at the time because I was like working through dealing with like an eating disorder and wanting to recover Mm -hmm. from an eating disorder um so I you know, got to learn about exercise a little bit more. Uh, and then, and then, you know, I started getting into training. But yeah, but around that, like, it's always been in my life, you know, because my dad's a uh, trainer, he's been a fitness professional in my whole life, and my brothers are really into it as well. So it's always been kind of around me. Um, uh, just like I had some like personal struggles <laughs> in the beginning because yeah. I was just like shy, timid, scared little kid and like a bit too worried about what everyone else was like thinking of me. So I was like, no, I'm not going to put myself out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> until, yeah, until I started wanting to learn about my body and taking care of my body a little bit better, 
recovering from the eating disorder and yeah went into uh bodybuilding actually where I started mm. competing in bodybuilding nice. oh so did you actually compete mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. we started competing in bodybuilding for a couple of years um like a bikini and- competitor or physique mm-hmm. or okay bikini yeah Nice. Yeah, probably around like starting about like 19 or so okay all the way till I was like 21 22 and um, where did you live at the time during that I was in Singapore okay yeah so yeah that was like my transition into the fitness world because before I was you know I was in school in mass communications and more like media and you know I always found myself to be like a creative mm-hmm. but but as I started like bodybuilding and wanting to compete I, I was working in an advertising agency and it was just like too draining uh, for me yeah. to be behind the desk because I felt like you know I should be in the gym and blah 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 and like work culture isn't that great for like someone who's training a lot too so I was mm. just like give that up I was like okay maybe I should just um you know, just surrender to my destiny. <laughs> this is what I meant to be. Let like, go. Exactly like my dad. And I was like, Dad, are you proud of me now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he was stoked, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah. Following in his first, mm-hmm, But my first fitness job, like real one, I had been doing like kind of like side stuff. Yeah. Side hustles with my friends. But like, my real fitness job was at a mega gym called pure fitness okay mm-hmm. so did let's see you were in bodybuilding and then how long did you stay in that until you decided like this is maybe not the best path for me anymore well i think i was in it for like maybe 2.5 to 3 years um okay. And then, I don't know, I just came to a realization that um, I had just shifted from one form of obsession that is like controlling my eating and my mm. eating disorder and then yeah. into another form of obsession. Because yeah. you know, I, I, I found myself in that same kind of thought loop or thought process where, you know, I have to get to a certain number that is like body fat percentage right and then you know, mm. as soon as I started winning stuff like winning like medals and stuff I was like oh no I need to get more because that's like yeah you know, I began attaching like my self-worth and you know totally what I am according to those like medals and stuff so I got yeah. to a point where I realized that it was like really not healthy <laughs> you yeah because like, I got to the point of like winning this title right Miss Singapore mm-hmm. and then I was still super unhappy like that yeah. happiness only lasted for like when I was on stage receiving the prize and then after that I was like still kind of sad yeah <laughs> yeah I totally I hear you like I competed in powerlifting for many years too and it's the same thing like it's fun at first and some people can stay, keep like a healthy relationship with it. But I think it's mm-hmm. easy when you start to see like, you know, if you get more, more and more serious, you can really like push yourself and, you know, get recognition mm-hmm. for it. And so then it starts to become your whole identity. You, you yeah. schedule your whole day around when am I going to train? When am I going to eat mm-hmm. before and after I train? Did I sleep enough so that my training yeah. goes as well as it can? And 
Yeah, it's really easy to get sucked into that extreme. So I hear you on that. And I, that's like a huge thing I experienced as well. And now I try and focus on coaching people to not go to those extremes, depending on their goals. But yeah, it's, it can take a toll on you for sure. (laughs) Definitely. I feel like anytime I'm looking outside of myself, because after that part, like that bodybuilding thing, I went into powerlifting too, thinking that, okay, Uh, maybe I look kind of like just like getting really strong, right? But then that ended up being just another chase for more numbers, like numbers on the bar. And like, Mm. you know, just like what you said, (laughs) you know, it was just just like, I don't know, because maybe because I was coming from a place of like, yeah seeking outside of me to find Mm. that sense of ease or comfort or that I'm finally going to be okay with myself if I achieve this and this but that like that's more of a delusion yeah and I told myself that I needed to be or to do you know once I get here then I will have validation and feel good but it's just like once you hit x record then you're like well that was that yeah Yeah. exactly yeah yeah was your um experience with like the disordered eating was it more just like being obsessive about um like tracking everything that you were eating and just trying to like be perfect with that or did it go like even deeper when I was bodybuilding yeah yeah tracking tracking for sure um like the if it fit your macros thing like it was good Mm. while I was like doing my bodybuilding like competition to help things you know be more flexible exactly but when it came to like outside of like me preparing for competitions I would just like be obsessive over it and yeah um would find it really hard to relax around food (laughs) especially Mm. around like when I was like outside um, and wanting to, you know, just do normal things with friends, I would like try to figure out how many grams a certain like piece of protein is or how much carbs I was eating and yeah. all that. Um, but that shifted once I started like getting into precision nutrition, uh-huh. um, you know, just learning a little bit more. And then I completely abandoned the whole counting my macros so I was like this more to life than counting food and like you know with powerlifting you don't want to really count your macros and uh, at least at at that time I was at a weight class I didn't really have to like cut for or whatever Mm -hmm. so I was like this is much better yeah (laughs) you have way less pressure on yourself exactly and I think like I don't know the environment of the people that I was around to um help me relax around food as well especially in the uh, powerlifting community people were just like people were eating normally yeah you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> just like throwing donuts down you're like we do that here exactly like between sets <laughs> eating cookies I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've been in here <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah, I think like definitely it has to do with like the environment and like mm-hmm. the culture of the thing that you're doing, you know, with like bodybuilding. It's, I don't know. I do see some people who are like super passionate about like, you know, sculpting their bodies and blah, blah, blah. But like where I was yeah. at the time and in my hit space, like, yeah, that was just not a 
good place for me now in like hindsight you know it did what it had to do to kind of like save me from like disorder eating and like um the idea that I can just like stop eating or eat and then throw up and then I'll have a good body <laughs> like that yeah. like, you know that delusion yeah. got like shattered after I started learning the train and like move my body in certain ways to build muscle and all that yeah. um but yeah it served its, its purpose and that's why I like you know um I've learned new things that to get me out of that those space that space as well yeah yeah that's awesome I think too at the time when like if it fits your macros was really like a new trending thing everyone mm-hmm. jumped on board thinking it's like the we and I'm I don't want to like speak for you but from my perspective it was like oh this is the next like thing that works so it's yeah it's not dieting yeah. but at, at the same time it kind of was because it was like you're still tracking and it's not mm-hmm. completely flexible. It's not just like listening to what your body needs because you're still like yeah. trying to control in some way. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up just being another form of control instead yeah. of really, really paying attention to what my body needed, you know, because yeah. I was still like focused on the end goal or the outcome. Um, mm. And then, yeah, I always came to the same ending I was just feeling dissatisfied because that is because at the end of the day I wasn't really really listening to what I truly wanted you Mm. know I was more like looking outside of me and what should be done right what is the methods that should work or should give me some sense of like happiness yeah (laughs) that makes sense yeah so after years of bodybuilding powerlifting um you decide to get into more of like the jujitsu and MMA uh, type of sports. Was that yeah. what, what led, well, what came first GMB or um, jujitsu? Jujitsu first. So this is a funny story. Um, Cause I, you know, I was working at a mega gym and then I saw some people like doing jujitsu. I was like, Ooh, what's that? And then I wanted to, cause I never learned anything, any martial arts before us, except mm-hmm. for when I was like a little kid. And then it was like my second day, I ran out of class crying. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do something like this again and learn how to fight or something. And then, yeah, I started getting into jujitsu. And then um, maybe a couple of weeks or months in, I was like, maybe I'll do a competition too. But at yeah. the same time, I was powerlifting competitively. Uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, yeah, maybe a jiu-jitsu competition won't, won't hurt, right? Because it's completely different things. Mm. Um, so I was like, fuck yeah, I'll join this jiu-jitsu competition in Vietnam. And then I did it. But at the same time, I was preparing for a meet. So <laughs> my body was all beat up. Uh-huh, it was, <laughs> my body was all beat up. Uh, from the competition that was a good lesson because I thought oh, jiu-jitsu is a gentle art but when it comes to competition uh-huh. there's still that adrenaline dump and all the intensity is like times 10 you know yeah so my body yeah. was all beat up I came back to um, training afterwards and then it was the peaking phase you were like peaking so going close to like your rep maxes and like you know ramping up the numbers and then yeah I went into training and then I hurt my back. 
uh, so bad that I couldn't lift an empty bar. Oh no, you hurt your back in powerlifting? Uh-huh. Okay, because I was wow. just under-recovered. Yeah. I just like finished that competition and then it went straight into like, you know, the peaking phase. And I probably oh. wasn't in any condition to be doing the jiu-jitsu competition anyway because my CNS was already fried yeah. doing all this powerlifting. Um, but I, you know, at the time, like, I couldn't, I didn't know how much your, like, physical activity will, like, you know, fuck up your CNS or just mm. text it and then, you know, because I was like, what, how old was I? That's what I was just going to ask. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> no. feel like at that age, you think you're just, like, superhuman and you're just like, I can do anything, like, invincible. Uh-huh. So you throw, like, exactly. a million things on your plate and you're like, why do I feel like shit? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. I'm so young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my body did, like, you know, say no. And I couldn't lift an empty bar. I couldn't do jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So I was kind of, like, forced to be just out of commission for like six months. Um, So I was like, well, I was, you know, I was really depressed and sad, but Mm -hmm. um, I found GMB and then saw that they were, you know, taking on, they they had this apprenticeship program. So Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, cool. Maybe I'll do that. Cause I've always kind of like, I've seen like mobility focused stuff and all that and I wanted to learn more about it anyway so I was like okay I'm just gonna sign up for this apprenticeship and then I did and it was like maybe like three to five months of like going through all the modules and you know I really took it as a way for me to like relearn about my body and like relearn about everything uh fitness (laughs) you know relearn like kind of yeah just discard like the shit that doesn't that didn't like serve me anymore and just like came in with an open mind to relearn about myself my body and like how to train and it definitely helped me shift from um like thinking to more feeling Mm -hmm. and it was the first time ever that I actually you know started being more mindful about my movement and actually apply like auto regulation and stuff yeah. like that you know because yeah. I knew it was something that you should do you know from like a strength training programming there's always like your deload weeks and all that right but right but when it came to like you know just day-to-day you know auto regulation that was like a big like whoa I could do that like, yeah. I could listen to my emotions and whatever I'm like dealing with today and adjust my workout according to that and still feel like I kicked some butt you know because yes. that's yeah. like totally uh, from my experience too with powerlifting and just any, like any sport I played growing up it was like if you don't if you don't feel good that day, like that's just weakness in your mind and you need to just yeah. push through and show up anyways, because that's what makes you strong. And it was like, <laughs> that was, there's a little bit of truth to that, but like for longevity, it's also really wise to like, listen to what your body's telling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, that's the only, that's, that's the only thing you really have really is your own body. And if you don't, like take care of it then I don't know (laughs) what's gonna happen yeah you know because it scared me that I was like 20 something and couldn't lift an empty bar you know after like being used to lifting whatever amount you know 
what did what did yeah what did that feel like in your body after when you realized like what what was that experience like of having to take six months off and like not being able to do the things that you used to do Uh, I would say it's like a really good practice of ego reduction (laughs) because like I had to like restrain myself from wanting to go lift again I had tried you know like I was like mm-hmm. okay I feel good I can like go back to like um powerlifting training again but then like yeah it just wasn't what my body wanted and I just had to just like accept that that's mm. just not <laughs> where I'm supposed to be at or what I'm supposed to be doing at this time in my life you know um so having to say no to certain things that you know in the past used to bring me to give me a sense of like validation I feel like put in my Instagram that I lifted x amount today you know um I had to like you know let all that stuff go and it's hard Mm -hmm. because I even saw that um kind of like chase for validation or for likes in my movement practice in the beginning you know especially as I was going through like the apprenticeship I wanted to do it perfect wanted to do it right but then um the people at GMB like for sure to like shut their shit down like oh it's working towards like perfection it's all about the process I'm like okay fine (laughs) (laughs) but that takes learning and it takes like you have to be around that environment like you said for people to really like check you and be like what are you doing this for and you're like oh shit you're right (laughs) yeah 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 and it definitely helps to have like people you know checking you and also like we went through the apprenticeship as a group so there was a Mm -hmm. community aspect to Mm -hmm. it which really opened me up to like um yeah what the fitness world can be like right like this is a supportive mm. community as opposed to like in the past where I was just like focused on my own goals my own like achievements my own like uh the likes that I can get but it's not, yeah. it, it kept me isolated rather than you know like more connected with everyone else who are going through like similar stuff like everyone yeah. everyone has has a body and has like some people have similar issues with their arms or their shoulders or whatever or their back you know and there's always something that you can learn um I love that yeah yeah like you I I kind of felt like that was powerlifting um you know it's very much about like supporting other people and it's really good about that compared to and this is just my own experience, but I've heard, I've never competed in bodybuilding, but I've had friends who did. And they said, it's very much just like focused on me and my success, whereas powerlifting is more of like that uplifting environment, but I can see even more like, yeah, just there's, you can still get focused on just trying to like worry about yourself in the sport. And rather than, yeah. rather than seeing like, my success is everyone's success too. And when I support other people, it's like for the greater good of all of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like the whole, like, just, I think the whole ego reduction thing was a big thing because it opened me up to even that, right? To open me up to being able to receive um, mm-hmm. things that even my own body is telling me and also like what other people 
you know, have to say or other people's experiences that I could take to like learn from uh, myself as well. And then, you know, with that openness, I'm able to participate in more um, things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, and then that led me to, you know, coming back to jujitsu like six months later and, you know, still feeling open to it, knowing that, okay, I have some fears around like hurting my back, but, um, you know, in that process of six months learning about my body, I was able to kind of feel safe within my body and I knew like my limitation what my limitations were so I was able to communicate that so I'm no longer just like avoiding something um, Mm -hmm. out of fear and you know I'm just able to participate in life in whatever like condition that I'm in like navigate be able to navigate um, per your certain situation rather than like uh, completely avoiding or being like you said fearful and like that scarcity yeah. mindset yeah or having things to be like perfect you know for me to like participate or whatever and like, I can show up to jiu-jitsu and be like you know honest to my friends that hey this is happening I'm a little bit you know tight in my mm-hmm. back so maybe don't go so hard or something you know but then yeah. you know you're creating that kind of trust and relationship yeah. between other people and then this like loop of more safety, more fun, you know, uh, yeah. you can only have fun when you feel safe enough to do so. Yeah, and comfortable. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. The reason I was asking about how it felt in your body is because I think we've discussed before that I had a hip surgery um, due to an injury in powerlifting too. And yeah. coming back from that, I had so much fear in my body of like, moving again because it was like well this sport hurt me before just and just like lifting in general it was like just feeling so fearful of like oh my gosh am I going to be able to ever do what I once was able to do before and Mm -hmm. so I think for me getting into yoga was my introduction to like very mind a very mindful outlook on movement in general which I think Mm -hmm. is why I resonated with you so much and saw like yeah, it is so important to like build that trust up in your body again, so that you can feel mm-hmm. confident and, you know, take those baby steps to get wherever you want to go. But just was curious if you like experienced similar things to that, which kind of sounds like you did. Yeah, just relearning to befriend my body and really just be compassionate and being kind to myself, really, because, yeah, you know, looking back, like the person who was like the meanest and the most brutal to me was myself and the Mm. things that I was telling myself you know Mm -hmm. instead of like you know taking my injuries and or you know mistakes or whatever that happened during training taking it as like a lesson I'd just be like really hard and like over hyper critical Mm. um, towards myself when really like that is the opposite of what I should be doing in order to feel safe enough to like learn from that stuff and grow from that stuff you know yeah um yeah that has been like a huge lesson like who knew like to improve and like your physical um abilities and like your physical autonomy you really have to be super soft <laughs> to yourself yeah. just like no, it's, huh? it's true <laughs> it's like the yen it's like it's so strong but 
yeah, being, being kind. We always think if we mess up, like that harsh critic needs to come in and like that coach voice that, you know, we've learned as athletes growing up, like, Oh, try harder. And it's like, that's going to make me like, push me back and be like no retreat and be like yeah yeah and like you're like you're saying it's like when you find a way that is like constructive criticism with yourself that is more inviting like invitational I think is uh like yeah invitational language helps you like come home into your body which I know you're a huge fan of but just (laughs) being like it like asking yourself and being curious is does this feel safe to me does this feel right and then if yes proceed if no maybe not yet (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's really why why I got so drawn like further and further into like the movement world since you know that injury is because like yeah, I started out with wanting to heal myself physically, right? Like, know how to move my spine in better ways that will, like, you know, relieve the pain, alleviate the pain. But then, you know, what I found was, like, lots of, like, emotional and mental stuff got, like, mm. addressed as well, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was like, holy shit, this is everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, Damn, so, like, I didn't know I was so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, oh, no. There's more layers. It's been, like, five years, but there's still more layers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, getting back into, like, now I still do jujitsu, obviously, and still do all the movement training stuff. I do lift sometimes, but, mm-hmm. like, most of the time, it's just, like, more movement, mindful movement and mm-hmm. mindful jujitsu, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, do you feel like you have a different outlook on lifting now that you've kind of gotten back into it compared to what you used to? Yeah, yeah, I use it. I mean, I lift because, like, you know, that's part of what I need to do to strength train, like, Uh, you know, volume wise, my legs can take quite a bit of weight, like, that's mm -hmm. just the way um, it is, and that's, that's okay, but I don't have to lift, like, super heavy, I can lift for, like, maintenance, and, like, um, you know, I always find it I really love my deadlifts and different variations of the deadlifts. I just find myself experimenting more, you know. Mm, um, it's a good word. Using using my learn my 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 learning, the <laughs> lessons that I learned from you know movement training and seeing how it can apply into my lifting and and you know going like both ways as well. But I definitely find myself engaging more in life things (laughs) because like I said I grew up as like this little like timid kid I just like not really engaged in a lot of things because I was afraid of what other people might think and now Uh, I feel so much more like a kid again because uh, I'm rolling and playing and like climbing stuff a lot more than I used to you know just like feel so free and like um like carefree is also (laughs) Yeah, because I'm so comfortable in my body and, you know, Mm. um, I think, like, last year was a year I started making some, like, big strides where I would just, like, I would just, like, 
play and flow in the park in front of people and I didn't care you know wow. it's just so freeing to just be able to do that because I feel so like good in my own body you know yeah. that I'm not really worried about what anyone thinks and they think I'm a weirdo great that's <laughs> yeah exactly and that's what's like so beautiful is it's just like you're you're like your being becomes so inspiring because there's so many people still as adults like um just walking around every day so fearful so disconnected in their body and just not even realizing that like the way you know they they say they want to lose weight and do all of these things but it's like it's stemming from you know internal mental emotional stuff and Mm -hmm. it obviously takes a lot of work to get through that but on the other side is like all of this empowerment and just like freedom and it is possible so I love like yeah hearing your story and you know people who have traveled that journey (laughs) yeah and like the funny thing is right like yes we might need like help from outside like people who have gone through similar paths and maybe you know some of us and I have experienced this as well I needed help from like therapists or trauma-informed like experts and this shit but like at the end of the day it's like all accessible like right here (laughs) to anyone like everything from you know just breathing your breath and how that can help you regulate your nervous system like moving Mm -hmm. your body like it doesn't have to be anything crazy it can just be five minutes of dancing to your favorite tunes yeah yeah and sometimes it can be just like writing to yourself journaling to yourself Mm -hmm. to your inner childhood whatever it is that you know you need to connect with and that's all like accessible to you and it's free yeah (laughs) (laughs) what a thought it's just like understanding to make the time for it and then having guides like someone like yourself to be like this is what I did and you can do it too and then it just continues to open the door but I think it's easier to just numb those feelings with like alcohol or you know just or not even know that there's issues there and be so Mm -hmm. oblivious or I don't know the right word I don't don't want to make it sound so bad but just like not understanding you know yeah yeah and I and you know it's not and I've learned this too that it's not really to the fault of like the person if you're like unaware and just living out these like subconscious or unconscious like patterns right but yeah it really begins with just awareness and taking a good look under the hood you know (laughs) a good honest look under the hood because it can be so easy to be like delusional like at at, you know at the time when I was you know when I was doing bodybuilding I was telling myself that this was healthier because I wasn't like Mm. throwing up anymore but really I was Mm. still like yeah obsessing over like numbers and my body fat percentage and the amount of food I was putting in my plate you know Yep, it's like masking so, rather than getting to the root, basically. Mm-hmm. I think with like every layer that you uncover about yourself, you just like start realizing the bullshit that you tell yourself and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn, getting real with myself again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it never ends. And that, yeah. Like, I've been waiting for it at the end, but it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. It keep, it's like, yeah, um, 
there's a music <laughs> artist uh, I forget the name but they have an album cover and it's or, or there's a song and it's called um new levels new devils I think and it's like <laughs> uh two lions staring at each other and one has like horns and the other has a halo on it like an angel and I don't know I saw the album cover and I'm like oh it's true with like the journey into yourself it's just like new levels new devils <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotta write that down <laughs> I'll have to find that um who <laughs> the artist is but yeah anyway send me the picture <laughs> yeah so you said um well, first of all, I want to know where did the um, your Instagram handle Mus- Muscle Cat is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay, where did that come from? Uh, <laughs> I was just like thinking of a cool name for my Instagram handle, and then I thought of like when I was a kid, I used to pronounce muscles as muscles, and uh, you know, and I like cats, so you know, it just seemed like a cool word catchy. to like mix and merge and then you know I think a couple of years later after I saw that that handle someone like told me that it's actually some German word for like muscle soreness or something and I was like oh, that fucking huh. works I guess <laughs> sure we're good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll never have to change it <laughs> if it meant something like bad I'd probably like change it you know probably be yeah. something else but you know I guess it sticks yeah it rolls it, it goes with what you're doing for sure <laughs> yeah and like people just you know um refer to me as muscle cat sometimes so uh so now it's yep. now it's stuck that's <laughs> yeah, not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> I dig it um so some of your influences you mentioned Ryan Hurst which he I know of him because of GMG right he is the yeah. owner Mm-hmm. okay one of the founders okay um do you know him like personally I assume from going through the course? yeah yeah through, through the apprenticeship and like I've met him while I was in Singapore uh, he helped me with my handstands a little bit and like mm-hmm. we keep in touch pretty um frequently he's like a big brother or, or dad oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> just like, yeah, a, like a good mentor yeah, yeah. He's seen me from like when I was when I was, you know, working at no wait, not Mega Gym. But I was working at a different place and then he's seen me leave that place to be more freelance or like do my mm. own thing in a little gym and then leaving that to like work in Phuket where I started doing more of this movement stuff with other martial arts enthusiasts and he's just seen me through uh, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. He's like a, yeah father figure of sorts okay. cool what uh yeah. what would you say um has influenced you the most about like his work or just like who he is because he's just like he's a regular dude you know like the <laughs> you know family guy that's you know I feel like and maybe it's me getting older too, you know, mm. but like um, just no longer resonating with that chase for like competitions and whatever medals, achievements, this and that. Like those are great. Like I want to go back and do some jujitsu competitions too. But like yeah. what matters more to me is like 
being able to engage in more life stuff, right? Doing like jujitsu with friends and like mm. being able to sit on the floor right now with no pain. And I want to continue to do this even when I'm a grandma. I want to do jujitsu until I'm like old, mm. <laughs> you know? I yeah. Do and teach my future kids and stuff like that. Like that, like long term thing. And I think like Ryan just embodies that, you know, mm. um, in his life. In his embodiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Embodies it in his embodiment. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I totally, I can see that through GMB. And he's definitely influenced me as well. I mean, I think when you're in, when you're so in a sport, it's easy to just, you know, be focused on the short term and the competition. But I think he does a really good job. And honestly, like just from what I know in the fitness industry, I don't know a lot of other companies out there like GMB that are so like, Hey, are you doing this movement thing to be able to move well for life and to like Mm -hmm. feel good and to like get more out of life? I feel like so many fitness companies are like, do this thing. So you get good at this thing that we teach you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of flips it, which is really cool. Yeah. That is like, you know, the foundation for anything anything all the gmb methodology that i use like it helps people in jiu-jitsu helps people like climb helps people you know who in their jobs have to carry like super heavy cameras or whatever like Uh, you know things that you don't really think about like training that training can help like it helps (laughs) you know what i mean so like like, that is just refreshing (laughs) exactly because not everyone's an athlete you know not everyone's a competitive athlete most people have regular jobs and don't spend all their time in and around gyms Mm -hmm. right yeah and and yeah I think that's where most people need help with just understanding that yo you don't have to be deadlifting like twice your body weight (laughs) you know working as a waitress like you yeah, know, I mean, you can, but and it's like you reach that thing, but you maybe need to move in different ways. I don't know. Yeah, and that's like what's realistic. Like for people who have really physically taxing jobs, day jobs, is that really in their best interest to go in and like lift super heavy when they maybe should be like recovering from their day job? I mean, you can train mm-hmm. yourself to have that work capacity and get to that point, but it's just like for longevity what's what's really best and like going back to being honest with yourself I think that's a big thing <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Heard honest that. with yourself <laughs> that's like baseline yeah <laughs> <laughs> what about um your other influence you jotted down I don't know how to say his last name John John Yuen yeah John Yuen I don't know. Yon. I don't know if it's John because no, he's Scandinavian. But uh, I just like really love the way he moves and his like approach to training as well. Definitely, there's lots of like similarities and uh, with Ryan as well, just in the way that he understands that everybody is different. Everybody's gonna move in different ways um, mm. because all our bodies are different. We have different restrictions, different limitations, different environmental factors that affect our movement as well, Yeah, you know? Um, and But he comes from like a 
so Ryan comes from a gymnastics background, right? So okay. I think as a as a kid, a teenager, he was a competitive competitive gym gymnast, yes. and then yeah. he has a martial arts background, which I can relate to. But uh, for John, he has a he's a professional dancer. Ah. Um, so he's trained as a professional dancer. Wow. And you know, I think he did some personal training on the side while he was in school or whatever, and then he now has like his own like training meth- methodology where he mixes some elements of dance and also um mm-hmm. and his strength training but yeah just because I've always been interested in dance mm-hmm. I've always been interested in like performing really maybe like you know further down the line and we talk again like I get into some performance but like, yeah. but, like dance- <laughs> but dancing is like I don't know it's always been like super fascinating for me but like growing up I never had the opportunity okay Um, so at a certain point I felt like you know I was doing lots of the locomotion stuff and it was being kind of repetitive and I decided to kind of step out of the comfort zone and that's where I started doing Mm -hmm. the Johnian's like courses to get like a little bit more familiar with my spine I did spinal waves 101 and 102 102 was mm. led by a belly dancer, oh. professional belly dancer named uh, Samantha Emanuel. Okay. She's super cool too, because like, she was talking about her story of like getting into a car crash, recovery from the car oh. crash, like that shattered her hips and like learning how to like dance all over again, building that body map all over again. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, this world is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just like through them you know expanding more into that community you know online movement university and all the people there lots of dancers as well Mm. so yeah just learning from them has been like you know just expanded my um well understanding within my own body and also how I can better um connect with my clients as well Um, Mm. there's a lot of you know what I've been doing in the past couple of years recently is just you know getting people into their bodies and sometimes it looks mm-hmm. like you know locomotion sometimes it looks like just moving around and wiggling around like a noodle you know and that's yeah. all you need you know <laughs> yeah that's so true I think yeah. it's I love that um you've studied these or these different individuals have influenced you because their backgrounds are so different and like as growing up as an athlete or going into more of like the fitness environment, it's so easy to get hung up on being like, okay, when I coach people, it has to be like sets and reps and they need to like Mm -hmm. move really efficiently. And like, it's rigid and structured, but like that dance background from John, I'm sure is just like brings a whole different, like artistic perspective to movement. And Mm -hmm. like, I love the blend of art and science because you can get, you know, there's so much creativity there and that you understand yeah. how to move your body in so many different ways rather than just like, okay, we hinge, we squat, we jump, we exactly. push, pull. And uh, I think that's like such a wonderful service to be able to offer people because mm-hmm. they probably, I don't know, maybe not, but people see like, okay, Azima, she does this movement coaching and then they might think in their head like, she does uh, 
like she's going to have me like exercise and it's going to be hard. Maybe if they didn't see like your content, but then like they show up and you're like, okay, we're going to wiggle like a noodle. And they're like, wait, this is my exercise <laughs> for the day. But it's like, no, we're just, yeah. you're teaching them how to be in their body, which is like embodiment, which, which is what it's all about. And so mm-hmm. that's super powerful. <laughs> yeah. Like today I had a session with a client and, you know, you know, first part of the session was us just like shaking off like all the tension. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, there was some parts of the session too. And towards the end, um, and some of the movements that we did, right, it was just kind of like not the structure that, you know, my client was used to in the past. And he said, like, you know, it, it definitely it brought out some like emotions just in terms of like, he had like flashes of like, oh, when he could like move super freely mm-hmm. when he was a little bit younger without like all the pain. And, you know, yeah. it feels good to come back to like his body in that wow. way, you know, and I was like, oh, that's good. Uh, yeah totally Um, but yeah I feel like I finally you know gotten to a place where I'm able to merge like structure and like the creative Mm -hmm. stuff that I do I always found myself as like a creative and Mm. you know and for a long time I was just kind of like bored of like the traditional um way of structuring it, structuring like strength training and blah 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 because sometimes you can just get like so repetitive and all that but yeah, having yeah. an element of play man it just makes a whole the whole thing seem so much f- more fun you know? yeah it is very much it is like childlike and sometimes I personally I feel like I'll be like moving around in the gym and I'm like people like are over here lifting so much heavy weight or squatting and I'm just like doing cartwheels and having a great time and I'm like I don't I used to want to do the super heavy training but now that I feel how like free it is to not be like so rigid and strict with my goals I'm like I personally I prefer this this path but I know it's not for everyone but I think like what you were saying it's very uh liberating for clients to experience just like what you went through today (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just like playing and like having good time that your heart's beating out of your chest but you're smiling compare that to like you know being on the treadmill for 30 minutes yeah which would you rather do I'd rather play (laughs) you know (laughs) I'm gonna play (laughs) yeah well but some people you know might prefer still being on the treadmill putting on their favorite show and that's the Mm. way to de-stress and that's completely fine but I think you know different people need different things based on where they're at yeah yeah so how long have you been coaching now you said you got into it like when you were at that mega gym way back Mm -hmm. that was like I'm pretty sure I was 19 at the time. Um, so 19, I'm 26 now. Oh, shit, seven years. Okay. Um, yeah, professionally. And then beforehand, I think I started like kind of coaching people on this side um, since I was like 16. Because I was like, I was uh, part of like at this like roller derby team too by the way (laughs) yeah (laughs) so like the assigned like fitness manager of the roller derby team so I just tell people to do like 
minutes and then seconds and all that stuff but there you go um, yeah professionally set at like 19 yeah okay so you've been going at it a while so I imagine your like approach has completely changed over the years yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would say since I moved to the U.S., I had like there was a time where I was just in limbo, where I wasn't really allowed to properly work and like um, announce that I was taking payments for my classes or whatever. So I kind of like had to just spend the time to just experiment and uh, you know, um, yeah just figure out like what my audience I wanted and needed and Mm. you know um using use my tools and what I learned to help like serve them um but yeah the switch has been like fairly recent just in my approach and all that Mm. Um, but yeah now it's a lot more like comfortable and I you know and I feel good about not taking the path that I used to take you know because in the beginning I was like I'm not sure if this is gonna work Uh, I'm not sure if people are gonna be receptive to this Mm -hmm. um you know just because yeah most of the world is still pretty focused on like body percentages and like building big muscles and all that not so much on like mindful movement but I think um since the whole COVID thing and all that I think people are like okay maybe I should like take care of my body better so I think yeah timing has been pretty perfect (laughs) (laughs) so would you say you feel like very comfortable and natural in your coaching like it just feels like a good fit for you oh yeah 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 I think you know just it started from just being solid in my own body and my own uh, training as well mm-hmm. you know and that really set the foundation for like my own coaching stuff because I want like my clients to be aligned to like my own values as well mm-hmm. Um, and then working through the fears of like, you know, even saying no to people who are not aligned to yes. the same things. And that's like, that's super challenging, especially if you're in fear of like, oh, when is my next paycheck going to come in and this mm. and that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly struggled with that in the beginning. Once I finally got my employment pass, I'm like, yes, people, you know. <laughs> Let's go, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I know. And then like, I found myself in certain situations where I was just like, kind of like dreading seeing this person because mm. this person was only focused on like losing weight and you know mm. um and I wanted to her to like go deeper into the practice but she just wasn't there and it's just like me learning to like okay match yeah her, where they're at know? and don't and then, force yeah, exactly because it can be really frustrating um but like yeah just two people are not yeah when two people are just not on the same page and that's okay it's no fault to anyone yeah yeah totally um would you say uh, well I guess I'm just thinking about your like mindful outlook and coaching too is that just like something you've learned through one your own experience two like your own experience with being injured and then like GMB um the apprenticeship or was there like um I don't know any kind of like because for me a lot of my mindfulness outlook I feel like it was kind of like intuitive and natural in a way um Mm -hmm. 
I always like spent a lot of time in nature growing up too, but also my yoga teacher training. And then I've just read like so many books from like that come from more of like a Buddhist perspective. I didn't know if you had like any other backgrounds that attributed to that. Um, yeah, it's definitely just from my own work dealing with my own demons <laughs> myself too. Yeah. Um, I've been through some like recovery programs as well that are like spiritually like centered. Yeah. Um, so I spent quite some time diving into some spiritual texts, everything from like Buddhism to Taoism to Hinduism mm. to like even Islamic Christianity. Like I take whatever I can learn from uh, all these different teachers, like for myself because this is what know, resonates. Yeah, because I needed all the help that I could get. You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> and just from my own, yeah, my own journey of like reclaiming my body, everything from injuries to reclaiming my body from like past trauma, mm. like really diving into that stuff. And I've been, you know, I've been doing work with other people who experience certain things, not in like, not any fitness related, but through like this recovery work and the 12 step programs and all that. So taking okay. people through that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I learned that, I learned in that process that my experience can always benefit others, okay. right? So whatever that I've experienced, even in, you know, in my training in the past where, you know, I learned this and that about my body and the different like mindsets that I was in, all those experiences can be used to serve mm -hmm. others. Because, yeah. like, for a long time, I was, like, fuck, like, I didn't go to school for for mm -hmm. training people. I didn't have a bachelor's in fucking sports science or whatever, where, you know, you see this everywhere right now, like, yeah. on, the, on the internet, people just posting up their, their credentials on their Instagram bios, and, like, I'm, like, I fucking didn't go to college, <laughs> you know? Like, but who like, says I can do this thing then? <laughs> uh-huh. And then, and then, yeah, I had to, like, really, really just, like, trust that, you know. Um, that's why like, I put out a lot of my own, like, personal stories in my newsletter and my Instagram mm -hmm. posts just because, like, these stories are what, you know. Connect. Yeah, what connect. And, you know, when I was fucking struggling with my body and struggling with my inner trauma or whatever like what helped me really was like other stories from other people who have gone mm. through the same thing right mm. so so it doesn't really matter what my credential could say if I'm not really sharing my own life experiences and if I don't have those life experiences then maybe I won't be able to help people like that but I have those life experiences right maybe I won't reach everyone and that's fine, but I might reach, you know, people who, who do have those life experiences, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to reach your yeah. people, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking of your people, what are, what are the type of people you typically work with in your coaching? I work with really anyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but usually people who are like family people or um people who have like who are already into some kind of like meditative or mindful practice mm. you know yeah um and yeah who are just 
seeking for a journey into themselves. And, you know, I like working with beginners who want to reconnect with their bodies. I'm working, I like working with like, other jujitsu athletes as well, or enthusiasts. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that's really like who I'm working with right now. I want to go into more like helping women reconnect with their bodies as well. Cause like I've, and in my own experience, and this is true for me too, that, you know, we have a tendency of like, you know, just putting ourselves last, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, so that's where it most resonates with me. Okay. So some stuff on the horizon to kind of dive into next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Let's see. I wanted to, well, let me, let me look. There were some people that asked questions on Instagram. I asked um, if anyone had questions for you. So one of them was, how does the movement flow affect bodybuilding? I don't really know what that means. <laughs> How does the movement flow affect bodybuilding? So you're not really doing bodybuilding anymore, though, right? <laughs> no, but no, but I can, um, I can. I can see how that can help just when I'm more connected in my body, you know, like I'm able to like lift um, and be connected to the muscles that I'm using and engaging. Um, And yeah, and also I think it helps with um, definitely the posing element when it comes to Uh, relative training. Hold on, let me just reply to this real quick. That's okay. The boxes uh, and uh... okay, sorry, that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that that does make sense. Like, obviously, if you're like not really aware of how your body is working it's hard to get the most out of it and have that like mind muscle connection or like mind body connection basically yeah yeah and being able to uh being able to yeah just connect to let's say it's a it's a bent over row or something right and thank you uh, it's a bent over row right and if I'm like doing this and I'm not and I don't know how to like engage my lats mm. properly, then I won't be getting, you know, the same kind of muscle contraction and muscle engagement that I need to build those like lats or whatever. Yeah. So it definitely helps to be able to like, oh, make adjustments on the spot, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, another question that came in, how was your 10th planet Redlands experience? <laughs> It was I great. I don't know what that is. Can you explain what that is first? Uh, it was a it was a seminar um, okay. that I taught um, ah. on body awareness for jujitsu. So that's a course that I just um, created. Okay. And um, so it was the first time I did like a seminar that was based on a course that I created. Um, mm. I've always done like 
seminars or, or workshops based on like GMB stuff, but this okay. is a mix of like what I learned from GMB to, you know, to apply to jujitsu settings. Um, right. And I had thought that maybe like four people would show up, but like 18 people showed up. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, now you're frozen. Uh-oh. There we go. Okay. You're okay. back. <laughs> uh, so um, my partner, Eric, as well, um, joined in as like the co-host of the workshop just because he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and I figured like you know it'd be cool to get his perspective as well so it was nice because I was teaching the movement stuff and he was you know kind of teaching people how to apply it into jiu-jitsu settings but it it was all based on um, the course that I made that is like an eight-week course and so yeah it was really cool just seeing um, just sharing what I knew to help people in their jujitsu because like yeah with jujitsu this is where um a lot of my personal like experience going through that uh, you know um kind of inspired me to create that course because I mm-hmm. saw it in lots of other people um mm-hmm. where if they're not connected to your body they're you know more at risk for injuries and more at risk for like freaking out about mm-hmm. um rolling around and putting their bodies in like funky positions yeah. so the course is really about you know building awareness across different um weird funky positions mm. and yes so that it will help them in jiu-jitsu as opposed to and I don't think there's any other product on the market that does that specifically to help you kind of befriend your body for funky positions there's lots of jiu-jitsu instructionals and techniques yeah yeah um, stuff like strategy and what moves to do but then if putting yourself into those moves itself like makes you freak out and that's something that's uncomfortable for you what are the chances you'll actually be able to execute it in a mm. higher stress situation when you're like rolling with someone who's trying to take your, your head off or when yeah. you're in competitions right so yeah um yeah I'm gonna do a little bit more um marketing on it and I want to also do kind of like a group coaching around that course as well nice but yeah I'm glad I got that out because I yeah. really did like did it first with a phone my phone my phone camera um, mm. as a beta version and then um yeah I had some help for the alpha version but yeah it was yes. like my little creative baby yeah I was gonna say it sounds like <laughs> a little baby it's like you see this need and you're like okay there's like does anyone else see this right now no okay mm-hmm. I'm gonna create it and yeah, yeah what was your what was your favorite part of the seminar just people being like whoa <laughs> I didn't think it was possible you know like people with like different everyone with like different like bodies especially the like you know even like the bigger people who aren't don't feel very comfortable kind of like rolling around up and down because there's still like tightness and restrictions and then being able to give them um regressions that they could mm. still work with you know that yeah. 
that kind of created this like path that they can see towards yes. like the full movement you know that oh this is possible i'm not gonna just discard this to be something that is completely out of reach yeah you know what i mean i love that um, that's so important in coaching yeah and because that's what like, gmb did for me right like mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know how it would be like without having like back pain, yeah. you know, yeah. until like I started seeing the path that, okay, this is the way to go. And then eventually the I can be able to do that. Exactly. And see the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. It's so, I love that. Cause like, it's so sad to me when I hear people just, you know, say like, just discount themselves for anything and it's like no there's always a way you just need to like find the path that works for you and yeah so the the fact that you were able to like offer a course and then turn it into a seminar and all these people showed up and showing that there's a need for it and now it's just like growing it's like oh that's so good <laughs> yeah 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 I don't know I I don't know hope to see this more I just want people to engage in more life things you know just because I know what it's like to feel you know not confident and wanting to hide and but it doesn't have to be a forever thing you know yeah yeah um so you (laughs) do it's so so good so deep so good so you do one-on-one coaching sessions it sounds like right and then mm-hmm. um, you do online classes. I know that because I attended one of them. I think a few <laughs> of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So what, I guess I don't want to speak for you. What are your current offerings? So right now I haven't been doing the online classes just because I want to mm-hmm. take a break from that. Mm-hmm. And while I'm still like setting up my house, but yeah one-on-one um, in-person sessions right now I'm looking to do maybe when it starts getting warmer <laughs> I want to do more like in-person um, movement sessions either in the park or even uh, in front of my place like I have a little like mat space set up here yeah we nice. just moved into our own little like studio with this little spot here. oh nice I think I did see that online that's so cool yeah <laughs> yeah that's so, so- yeah, it's so nice to have your own place, like just to get away at home and get your movement in. Mm-hmm. And then also online um, custom programming where it's like for people who are not here. Hmm. Um, that one is like a minimum three month uh, commitment just because I feel like three months is the minimum to do like consistent work that, you know, actually see progress in. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, and then the course, and I'm looking to, and I'm, you know, putting my thoughts together on paper and brainstorming ways I can create another uh, or more of those courses for different mm-hmm. um, different people in my audience, because that one is strictly for jujitsu people. I want to yeah. create an offering for like women too, and yeah, I think that'd be to have something that you know kind of similar themed to the classes that I've done yeah but just kind of put it into like a set program that you can access anytime as opposed to the live classes mm. yeah that's a I love that idea because I think those classes were like that when I first attended 
one of your Instagram classes, it was like so focused um, on just curiosity. And then the end of it, I think you finished with like, okay, now you just get to play and just mm-hmm. like flow all of the movements together that we yeah. just learned. And I actually, I have incorporated that into my own programming for clients. Too. Nice. Like I do, I give them movements for the day of their program, but then at the end it's like, okay, anything that feels tight or tension, just flow and do what you need to do to like stretch or, you know, mm. feel good at the end of your session. So that's play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. More play. Um, let's see. So, yeah, I think the last question I was curious about is how do you stay balanced in your own life? That's like a huge, uh, you know, I think it's so important and for life to stay balanced. And that's Mm -hmm. like one of the big philosophies I always preach to my clients. So how does muscle cast stay balanced? (laughs) (sighs) It's a constant like battle, I guess. Or like, uh, not battle, but like it's a daily process of learning how to do that. Um, what has been helping me because I've always been like oh I go into flow but then you know that kind of like bites me in the ass sometimes when I need to get certain things done in certain periods of time right and I have deadlines and you know people waiting on me and shit like that so um, definitely finding a balance of like you know having some sense of structure in the day and also like no structure where Uh you know, I keep to a schedule or try to yeah. um, to like a to-do list of like a list of things that I want to get done today and, you know, put it in my schedule. And then just in between times I get to like play with mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I try to include activities. I, I try not to fill myself up with too much work, but I schedule in as well, like my own, like, R&R time or like mm. activities that are that I don't have to be the best in the world at <laughs> yes. know, like coloring and after this call like I have a call with my friend whom I'm trading like um painting lessons with you know like oh, nice. I'm getting like a painting lesson or like culture and some movement you know nice. so it's like yeah it's stuff like that where you know I get to learn about myself in different ways or you know Mm -hmm. if I have like five minutes to spare in between like a busy day I'll put on some music and try to get in my body and move around a little bit Mm. you know try to like break that like autonomy and find that balance and um yeah normally start out my day with uh meditation and sit with myself and you know get clear about what I need in that Mm -hmm. in the day Mm -hmm. um and sometimes it sometimes it tells me that you know I can probably go a little bit harder in jujitsu and like you know go embody a little bit more of my masculine and channel my aggression a little bit uh some days I'm like if I'm like super stressed or overwhelmed like this past couple of weeks I've been overwhelmed with kind of putting the house together Mm. and and you know I had to really scale down the jujitsu and the training and you know do more like flowy movement stuff or even just gentle stretching and breath work you know yeah Um, 
so yeah I think I find that balance by first like checking in with what I need in that day and what balance even means for the yes. day because I think every day the balance balance can mean different things you know what I mean totally that's so. such a good point about like for me I used to um just think of like you know intensity in terms of my training that I was doing but it's mm-hmm. like it's in terms of everything that you're doing in life so like if you're more busy with taking care of your house, then yeah, maybe you do need to scale back on those other activities. And like, Mm -hmm. that's so logical and makes so much sense. But as like an athlete, you're just like, oh, like intensity only applies to the things I'm doing in the gym and everything outside of that is just like irrelevant. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes you get on Instagram and you get caught up, like looking at like other athletes who are like kicking ass but at the same mm. time like they're they haven't just moved across the world like you know what yeah. I mean? like yeah you know, like it's really important to get grounded within yourself mm. you know especially before you start like opening up your screen and then seeing like people who have completely different lives and starting to compare yourself yeah. with those people I think like you know we get so it we get so easily like sucked up into that you know what I yes mean? yeah lose sight of ourselves it's a trap, <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> um I just remembered one more thing um music artists so I think that was another thing that like I really resonated with you is your um like hip-hop-esque oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> background do you feel like do you feel like hip hop music like influences your movement or like how has how has that affected yeah just I feel like I've always been like this like old soul so I've always like loved like old school hip hop with like R and B and like like jazzy hip hop tunes uh, and like of course like old school hip hop beats and like um East Side like old school hip hop definitely okay you know um, yeah. I don't know, it just, just kind of does something to my soul. Yeah, it's always been, like, something I love moving to and vibing to. Um, mm. So, yeah, definitely, I, I guess it would, like, influence me, but, like, I think I'm influenced by the music, rather, mm. you know? Um, yeah, I've always loved it. I don't know. I can't really explain it. It's just, like, in my bones yeah Yeah, no I hear you I okay that's kind of how I feel about it too so I just was curious (laughs) nice I know I know I think I remember like seeing like a story you tagged me in and you like bump into some like woo or something (laughs) like yes (laughs) um is there anything else that you want to share with the people like anything else on the horizon or any last little tidbits of wisdom? Mm, in the horizon, I'm offering some like coaching, coaching, group coaching alongside the Body Awareness for Jiu-Jitsu course. If you're someone who does Jiu-Jitsu or is new to Jiu-Jitsu, but I'm also looking to create another course and open up another course for um, badass women who want to get more in tune with the body and kind of yeah just be friend of body and 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 have that me time to 
drop into their bodies because I think it's so delicious to be able to do that on a <laughs> daily basis. Um, so yeah, look out for those things. Um, that will be my next baby <laughs> for now. Um, yeah, you can reach me on Instagram. I'm always happy to chat and help in any way that I can. All right. I will link your Instagram and in the um, show notes for the episode. And yeah, I appreciate you again making the time to chat today. It was fun to dive deeper and learn more about you and your movement journey. Thank you. And thank you for letting me come on and sharing my story (laughs) or insights. Um, Yeah, happy to do this again, too. Sounds good. Thank you for tuning in to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. Our goal with this show is to help you understand how to build embodied strength, trust, and confidence around movement and nutrition so you can get past perfectionism, living in extremes, low self-esteem, and start living the sustainable, balanced, and empowered life you know you deserve. If you're currently struggling and looking to transform how you feel in your body, this is your calling to apply for coaching. Head over to our website and get started. And while you're there, sign up for our email list. You'll get a free download of our one-month program called Intro to Strength and Wellness. And if you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified of future episodes. By following along, you will begin your journey to the pursuit of authenticity, also known as life. The life of creating ourselves to be exactly who we are supposed to be. Thank you again for your support and see you next time.